And I was just watching these things over and over and over and essentially studying in the sense to just say, what do they do different than belly dancers? Because I did feel that with belly dancers using fans, we kind of had our set mood. Whether you're a professional dancer or just started falling in love with belly dance, welcome to the Belly Dance Live podcast. Here, we are diving deep into all facets of belly dance world that cannot be found in a workshop or an audience seat. Every week, you will find new, honest, thought-provoking, inspiring, and educational conversation with top leading professionals of our industry. I'm your host, Jana Komornitska, and I'm honored that you are part of our dance tribe. Hello, dear listeners. Welcome to the new episode of the Baladins Live podcast. And today it's our 198th episode. Can you imagine that we are already approaching 200 episodes in total? Yes, our anniversary special episode will be already next week. And what a special treat I have prepared for you for the special 200th episode. I bet you would never guess which guest we will have and what a conversation will be about. But that will be only next week. And today we have an extremely special guest and conversation too. Victoria Thiel, who is an award-winning ballet dance performer and instructor. In 2010, she was chosen along with 24 other dancers to participate in the world's first ever ballet dance reality show, Project Ballet Dance. She placed among the top six contestants, earning her spot in the final six instructional DVD released in March 2011. Soon after Project Ballet Dance, Victoria joined Ballet and Superstars in Japan for the tour of Bombay Bollywood and has been working with the company for a while. Victoria is also the creator of the Teal Fan Method, a dance technique using fans and fan veils incorporating influences from Asian dances. Today, Victoria is based in the USA and offers online classes too. She currently tours the world teaching workshops and performing. And in our today's conversation, we discussed all stages or all major stages of her dance career, starting from from her participation in the reality show and how was it inside and which new things or surprising things she faced during that project. Her experience also with the ballet and superstars and how both of those projects also influenced her training, which leads us to discussion of her personal training today and how she works on stuff, how she collaborates with different teachers too, while being a teacher herself and uh, directing and guiding her own students and of course we talked about fan veils i know you're probably waiting for that specific part of the conversation especially curious about the story of how victoria fell in love with fan veils and how she developed her unique technique and teaching style using this prop so all this and a little bit more as usual in our today's conversation and on this note let's dive in Hello, dear Victoria. Welcome to the Baladance Live podcast. And it's so nice to see you, to hear you, and to host you on our project today here. Thank you so much. I really love your podcast. Um, the second you're like 
do you want to come on? I was like, yes, definitely, <laughs> because I listen to it so often when I vacuum in my house, everything like this. <laughs> uh, it's one of my favorite things. Oh, mm-hmm. That's so cool to know. Uh, well, in this case, I guess you kind of know how I most likely will start the conversation. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I would like to start it uh, the same way right now, too, asking... Uh, do you remember your very first ballet dance class and how you even got involved in it? Mm-hmm, definitely. I think it sticks with people, you know, that first impression you get. Um, yeah, I definitely remember. As far as my first class, I had a beautiful Brazilian woman was my teacher in Texas. And I remember it was like the first time I really saw like a hip scarf with the coins and the beads and, you know, all the things. And um, I was just mesmerized. Uh, the second that I saw her and all that she could do. She had been dancing for like 10 years or something already and very accomplished. So um, that was something that sticks with me. And I got into it, I think, the way that I feel like a lot of people, which is a little bit by accident, you know. Um, Mm -hmm. I had always liked dancing, but I hadn't danced. I was a soccer player, like as a kid, as a teenager. And my older sister had seen her friend in like a belly dance recital at the college in our city. And she wanted to go, but she didn't want to go by herself. So I was the tag along. And then I went to class and I remember I came like running home. I was still in high school at that time and was like, I I love this. And so it was just an obsession, you know, Mm -hmm. but a a little accident, but a perfect obsession, you know, accident, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, we all have those uh, random uh, events or people or things uh, that happen that bring us to ballet dance class, in most cases, very random. Uh, mm-hmm. What was your planned dream job before you met or bumped into ballet dance? Ballet dance? That's a good question. So I bounced around um, a lot. I remember... Maybe a few years before, I thought I wanted to be a chef, like a pastry chef. Ah. I was really into that. Like, I would see these competitions. It just started, like, the whole TV showing competitions and things um, at that time. And they would have those sugar sculptures. And I was like, I want to do that. Like, that sounds so cool. Um, So I was always kind of cooking and baking for my family. And then um, after that, I was, you know, getting older. You're not sure. I thought about being an architect. Um, because I was, I'm a little bit more math science brain. (laughs) And so I was like, okay, that kind of blends the nice, you know, two sides of arts and that. Um, and then once I just started down doing ballet dance kind of as a hobby and then, you know, stuff went on, I just Mm -hmm. diverted (laughs) the other way. How often did you use to cook and bake something for ballet dance events? Oh, for ballet dance events. Oh, yeah. Now, once I started belly dancing, the, the cooking went to the side. <laughs> I thought maybe you combined for yeah. half lots of recitals or something like for that, just bringing it. <laughs> it. It went to the side. Now it's come back ever since COVID and kind of being home. Mm. Um, now I'm cooking a lot more again and, you know, it's a nice pastime for me. Um, but yeah, once I got into belly dance, it was like, you know, tunnel vision. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, it's funny also that you have mentioned TV shows about cooking and pastry because you eventually participated in reality show yourself, but it was about mm-hmm. ballet dance. So can you tell a little bit more about that event and how you got involved yeah. in it? Mm-hmm. Um, it was, 
I remember it was like the new thing happening. And um, at the time I was in Texas and there's a woman here named Bahia in um, Austin. She still dances. I think she's reopening her studio. Um, very involved and she had always been extremely supportive and she's like why don't you I think you would be a good fit for this project that's coming out with Actions uh, and Michelle Joyce So I auditioned it was like you had to submit videos um, And then you just waited and then they said yes, we want you um, and so what it involved was going somewhere and They filmed everything and you were able to prepare some things not everything, as many people have probably seen the show, <laughs> no. Um, and I remember it was one, I had been to a couple festivals before that just to attend and compete. Um, but I remember like meeting all these dancers from all over. I think they were mostly from the USA. Some like worked abroad, you know, and then were living in the USA, mostly in the USA, I would say. And, um, yeah, that was, it really pushed me because I'm like a choreography dancer. Um, and I was always that way, you know, wanting to run things over and over mm -hmm. and over. And to have to improvise, to have to speak, present, because I hadn't, I, I hadn't taught any workshops at that point or anything. Um, and so it was, it was a push, but I loved it, you know. <laughs> so. mm. What was the most interesting uh unexpected thing from dance point of view as a part of the show you kind of mentioned something about like choreography as first like not being fully prepared but maybe something else what pops up like from dancer point of view uh mm -hmm. about that event yeah about that event they i guess they were really looking for someone or they pushed in the challenges for like a well-rounded dancer and that really at that time pushes people you know um they to have, to be able to do the improvisation. I remember that there was, um, I think the second show, something like that was the, <laughs> the improvisation. And we knew that there would be something like that, of course, but you were on stage at, there was like a different festival happening that they were recording this at. And so you had the full audience from like a belly dance event. And they're like, okay, at this time we're gonna have this, you know, project belly dance section. And they, you would just sit on the side of the stage, you know, backstage, getting ready to go. They're like, okay, next is Victoria. And you, d you don't know what's going to play. And I was in this full, like, oriental costume. Oh, that's who I am, you know, cabaret costume. And then it was kind of more tribally music came on. And I remember I had a veil, <laughs> I had a veil in my hand, like, ready. I was, like, ready on the side, like, I'm going to use veil and then drop it. And it was, like, I just dropped the veil on the steps up the stage because I was, like, I can't, you know. I'm already in a cabaret costume to have veil and tribal music. Uh, so that was, um, it was a push for me. Uh, mm. But that moment, I remember, which is, and the girls behind me, they were so sweet. They grabbed the veil, you know, so <laughs> it would be in the way because we all felt for each other. We all knew it was a little bit of a, a good stress. So, mm. yeah, that moment, yeah. Do you think it was a random selection of music and it just happened or organizers kind of like try to challenge each participant like with you like they probably saw oriental costume mm -hmm. veil let's do something completely different <laughs> <laughs> I definitely think so um you know of course they had things with like copyright usage and all of that once you get into tv stuff so we knew that they had a a certain set of cds because it was cds back then <laughs> that um you could pull from 
um, or that they were going to pull from. You know, it wasn't going to be, you know, ends of the world. But I really do think because they had tribal dancers, fusion dancers, super like more Egyptian style, more American cabaret, you know, they had everything to mm -hmm. have a nice variety. And I think that they did that. I think, I can't remember for sure, but I want to say there was a fusion dancer that they gave her like super kind of Egyptian style music. And I think they tried to, to give me a tribal to see like what would happen. How do you compose yourself in that situation, you know? Mm, that's interesting. Mm -hmm. And from uh, uh, just, uh, let's say, life experience, uh, what was the most uh, either challenging or, again, unexpected or memorable thing from the point of view of being a part of reality TV show? Did you say film? I don't know if they were filming 24 hours, you guys, or it was just like, you know, for the, whenever you come up for activities, show up. But how was that experience? Mm-hmm. It, it was new for me. It was so new. Um, you have, um, they didn't really, you know, of course, like after hours or anything film, but you definitely, they're like, okay, we need you to come to this room to do like the side interviews that they always put in, in between shots, you know? And so they would ask you a bunch of questions. Um, it was like, you were either dancing, making some choreography, something maybe with a group for a challenge, doing some challenge, or they were filming interviews. And so it was like you were always, you know, kind of behind the camera as well as um, we had that year we had a group challenge where we had to make choreography together. And I remember they would you would have your little meeting space and you would have the cameras kind of just filming you everywhere. And it takes I mean, I'm from a small town in Texas, so, you know, <laughs> I had no real experience at that time with cameras or anything like that. And so um, it was. It was a shock, but again, a, a nice shock, you know. Mm -hmm. It felt really nice to get to participate in something like that. Mm. And uh, how do you think that show uh, influenced your further career? Did it make any difference for you or, or not? It was just like one chapter of your life and then you moved on mm -hmm. some completely something yeah. unrelated to it. <laughs> it definitely, um, I think, advanced my career in the sense that after the event came out, I think I got my first invitation for a workshop because of that. Like they like, oh, I see, saw you, you know, on the show. Um, and then I also still to this day, I have some people like I, I saw you on Project Billy Dancer, even, you know, TikToks come around. I know it's so small, but like TikToks come around and I was shocked that some random person who's not really into the belly dance scene was like, I remember you mm. from Project Belly Dance. And I was like, what? <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> that was something. So, um, and it, it, of course, also encouraged me to do more things um, because soon after that, I decided that basically I had this, like, a, you know, desire to be a belly dancer and make it my career at that point um, if I was lucky enough to do so. And after that, like, basically every time I did an event or something, And if I liked it and I was like, yes, I'm still secure, I'll move down the path to kind of the next mm -hmm. step. So I think by participating in that and getting to, you know, experience all that that was and the kind of bigger world of belly dance outside of, you know, my little, my little hometown is um, that I then went to audition for belly dance superstars after that. And mm -hmm. so I think that that kind of encouraged me, you know, kind of my myself as a dancer to go to that which then led to more opportunities mm. mm -hmm. yeah that was another chapter of your life ballad and superstars but mm -hmm. uh, before yeah. we jump into that just to finish off this topic i'm curious to ask uh, did you watch uh, that show yourself afterwards like on tv mm -hmm. like program 
So how was that experience? Did it meet your expectations on how you feel it was inside? Because you know, when we are talking about TV shows, it's one thing that is happening. It's another thing what is actually like the final cut for TV and uh, how it's all uh, showcased. So in experience, in your personal experience at this show, was what you watched afterwards uh, met your inner feelings of how it actually was going or it was completely like you know some surprises and unexpected things later you discovered yeah so as far as like what you know my interviews were and my experience and what I saw I would say it, it was accurate um that was when I got to watch it it was the first time though I got to hear any feedback from the judges Ah. So, yeah, so it was kind of like you're watching your competition notes live. You know? <laughs> and so at first it was like, you know, what are they going to say? Because there there were no score sheets. There were no, of course, you talk with the judges here and there. But to get to, I remember, um, like the first thing was you had to perform a, a little solo you prepared. It was only like a minute or two minutes, something very short. And I remember just watching, like, what are they going to say once I, because then you leave the room and then they discuss and they film that and that's it. So I remember getting to hear the feedback for the first time, you know, and kind of, I mean, it was really impactful, you know, in a sense, the, the good, the bad, everything, because it's such a like immediate response that I feel like you don't get that opportunity very much, you know, when you're doing competition, like the way competition plays mm -hmm. out. So um, that. I don't think I had an expectation at all, but I was just, it was just like, you, you know, you're kind of eager to hear this feedback. Um, so that was, watching it was a big thing for me. <clears throat> and then, yeah, I, I know they, of course, they made some cuts here and there, like, because I had one interview, I think, where they cut something and they put it in the trailer to make it sound like, what's happening, you know? But that was the, you know, I'm like, that's, of course, you have to do that, you know? You have to get, you know, people kind of like, what's gonna happen and then you see the full interview later you know so um of course I don't know for the other girls in their interviews but for me um I didn't I felt like it was a pretty accurate representation of, of what happened hmm. you know you don't really have that much tv programs or reality shows or any other like format of programs around belly dance really like there are couples throughout last uh, um, 10, 15 years or so, but not that much. Do you think those kind of programs and projects can contribute something to ballet dance world, let's say, mm -hmm. or you think it's just like, you know, entertaining and okay, not a big deal? Mm -hmm. I, I think it can definitely contribute. Um, I think what was so great about that particular one was that it was run by ballet dancers who traveled, taught, you know, research you know it was it was kind of homegrown almost in a sense from our mm. industry and so I think that that keeps it really uh, gave a lot of women opportunities um, also like if I wasn't participating in the first one I know I would have been someone who watched it you know because getting to experience and see you know these other dancers from other places because social media was just starting to kind of you know <laughs> do its thing so um, I definitely think if it keeps in mind kind of the accuracy of how our life is and how the industry is, and you know, then I think it's definitely helpful um, and adds to the industry. Um, if it gets super, I would say, kind of Western commercialized, let's say, I don't know. It just depends who's the producer, you know, mm. I think. 
but um, I would say it's the same way like when you started your podcast and I started listening. For me, it was so great to get to hear these conversations from people that I may never have the opportunity to talk to or see or hear. And that was something I always kind of missed in the uh, in my world because it was so small, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and not having social media and all these things. So I, I think in the right hands, it definitely adds mm. um, to I wouldn't necessarily education, but experience for, for people as dancers. Hmm. Yeah, but it's also interesting, like, these kind of TV projects, they're still uh, very much focused for general audience. Like, if Ballad mm-hmm. Life podcast here, like, of course, it's a great insight into, like, lives of different artists, but it's still, like, we're talking here about, I would say, 99% of our listeners probably are involved already to some capacity mm-hmm. in Ballad Dance. It would be very... Uh, interesting surprise actually like if someone is listening and has nothing to do with belly dance reach out and let us know <laughs> because that would be an interesting surprise in most cases it's very like let's say uh people would search for those things that they are already into belly dance when we are talking about tv reality shows uh, or any other programs on tv they are mostly targeted for general audience because once mm-hmm. or not the percentage of people who are involved in ballet dance it's very very little uh probably like not uh, big enough for tv programs to create something specific for them like all programs wanting or not on tv they will be targeting more or less general audience because they need a bigger audience to make it uh, viable mm-hmm. so that's also a good point of um, who exactly is producing show because it can as much as contribute it can also harm like it's all about Mm -hmm. understanding actually and it's great when we have uh, people inside our industry who take let's say initiative or control and they can uh, make it commercial but preserve the essence of what it is and uh, why it is happening what the the purpose of it and uh, Moving on to the next stage of your chapter that kind of evolved from your uh, enthusiasm of participating in the reality show, you already mentioned Ballad Dance uh, Superstars, and you participated mm-hmm. in quite many of uh, uh, those projects. So for you as a dancer and your kind of like, you know, dance evolution or dance career evolution and experience so here is tv show it's one participation it also involves other dancers and it's a uh about personal journey but it's still collaborative project let's say you are with other dancers and here is ballad and superstars which is also a collective project like you have some personal space artistic space but still it's a participation what was for you the main significant difference in terms of working with a group of dancers in these two projects in the two different ones yeah definitely so um what i would say the main difference is with project belly dance if you think about it it's it's a competition so everybody is essentially a solo dancer but we need to work together for certain challenges or as a just as a unit to you know keep the project going and promoting all that kind of thing where with Billy Dance Superstars I think the biggest difference is that we're trying we have a show there's no competition really you know in a sense you know where like when you're working with a company and you have co-workers or anything like that mm-hmm. essentially so I would say there the the biggest difference is if it, it felt more like a company 
essentially like company environment where you're working. Yes, we're dancing, <laughs> of course, but you know, we're working and we're training as a unit to create a nice show that we can travel and tour so that then we can keep doing that, you know, as, as time goes on. Whereas I think in Project Belly Dance, there was a collective group to it and you meet friends and you have peers and you, you know, have networking, all these things that are super nice, but most everybody was trying to win, you know, like mm-hmm. it was still a competition. So I would say that was probably the biggest dynamic difference in the two. Mm. And uh, also probably with Belly Dance Superstars, you got uh, in your... Uh, I would put it in a quote, of course, uh, Marks, but dream world of choreographies, <laughs> because you mentioned you yeah. love to, to have everything choreographed. Um, yeah, yeah. And uh, for uh, choreographies, I also know that Belgian superstars, they have uh, different styles uh, and different genres mixed with Belgians. Mm-hmm. It's not only classical, mm-hmm. like Oriental or folklore, etc. And even the first production that you participated, if I'm not mistaken, it was uh, sort of mixed with Bollywood a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It was. Yeah. How is the experience of uh, putting together and trying to learn fusion styles that are from mm-hmm. very di- probably like as a part of this company you learned so many different fusions with different yeah. uh, dance styles yeah. so how is that experience when you don't have personally maybe strong background in bollywood or i don't know randomly i would put like flamenco jazz or whatever else they're mixing and suddenly mm-hmm. you need to do all these choreographies in different styles and mm-hmm. so how was that experience for you and maybe you have one that was super challenging for you specifically in terms of fusion mm-hmm. with other style <laughs> Yeah, definitely. So um, I think I, I think a lot of my like career has been just kind of jump off the cliff and see what happens, you know, <laughs> and <laughs> with, with the reality show, with everything. And, and Billy Dance Superstars is the exact same way. So many of the girls, almost I would say all of the girls, I know just a handful at that time that I was participating in it, had danced other styles ballet jazz all of this before they were into belly dance Mm -hmm. and so they had a lot of that background I did not (laughs) like I said I was a soccer player and then a belly dancer it was kind of two weird things and so um the expectation there is they obviously can test some things in the audition and they have it structured in a way to maybe see if you can keep up um but once you for that show particularly it was so much fusion so much fusion and I remember once we got to kind of a more I think it was a piece of choreography that Jelena had even though she wasn't the director at that time maybe she had choreographed I was like oh I feel okay now you know (laughs) because it was belly dance (laughs) like you know it was the audience everything was there but um yeah you just so what happens is um usually one of the girls has choreographed the piece that it say it's a fusion piece um one of them has so Mira had done a lot of the Bollywood work and so she would be there at times to correct you and help you with your technique but it was a very much like try to learn this kind of imitate it in a sense you know and then she'll go and correct certain things here and there mm-hmm. to fix um so usually that's why it helped a lot of of dancers if they had previous dance style experiences all over because your body as you know like you learn more and more different styles you're you're probably naturally able to pick up other things quicker and faster so for me that not being the case it was just uh, I just had to commit and see what happened to it you know 
And for me, probably the most, some of them I really like, like the Bollywood, you know, I kind of felt with the rhythm of things. Um, there were some other styles that I was like, yeah, okay, I feel this piece or that piece. Sometimes I would still have to do kind of the tribal, because we kind of had the tribal, I, I don't want to say team, but like sector and then the orient, you know, cabaret sector. And then we would have pieces that are together and this and that. And so sometimes we would have movements from that. And I felt good with that, I think, because it was so like hips and chest isolations, mm -hmm. but it still felt close. But I remember, so <laughs> what happened when I first joined was that um, Bombay Bollywood, Bollywood had already toured a lot, but they had gotten a new like two week tour to Japan and they brought me and one other girl, a uh, new girl on. And so they said, okay, everybody else knows the show. So we want you two to come to LA for one week before everybody else. And you're gonna go to like eight hour rehearsals every day with one of our cast members and learn all your parts basically. Mm -hmm. And then you'll go to the rehearsal with everybody the next week. So um, I remember, again, the, the person who was um, teaching us, the member who was teaching us, and the other girl were super trained in like ballet and jazz. So I just felt like completely not <laughs> like I was where I needed to be. And there was some piece with, um, I think it was, I think, and I really hope this is correct, it was Sabah had a solo at this moment and there was some girls in the back and she's very trained in ballet. It's like a ballet fusion piece. And um, she wasn't teaching us. She wasn't there. You know, someone else was cast member was teaching us the background part, but um, it involved ISIS wings and not so much like leaps and jumps, but these really big like ballet style arabesques and fast turns and sharp arms and, and kind of bringing all this in. And I, remember the person teaching us she kept like telling me like if I don't keep my pelvis neutral you know like that was her thing it was just over and over and over like you got it because I was very bendy I didn't have this like form to turn you know I was you know it's just belly dance and not a big ballet background at that time so even things like tondu all this stuff I didn't know it wasn't there I didn't know you know mm. and so I remember that rehearsal was a hard one for me, like rehearsing that piece. I was so nervous that like they're going to be like, you're out, Victoria. <laughs> you, <know? laughs> you can't <laughs> you can't survive the ballet stuff. Get out. But, um, it, you know, you just work at it. And you, I think most of the time, most people feel worse than what's actually happening. Um, and so just got through it. And then I think also they kind of understood, like, you know, they knew every girl, like, some girls' strengths were to do like fuetes and all these crazy turns. And my strengths were was to do a lot of hip accents or chest stuff or smooth arms, you know, like, and so they could kind of place you in the roles that fit. Mm. That's interesting. It's also like the very first uh, rehearsals and piece and production. So it's like, no pressure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was um, yeah, high pressure, high pressure. I, it's, it's that weird thing. I loved it so much but it's very high pressure. So. Mm. And mm. you briefly mentioned that you didn't have much belly background at that time. So did mm -hmm. it change later in your dance training? Mm -hmm. I still wouldn't say that I have a lot by any means by most of these days because I did it in adult, you know. But once I did that first show and then like we're going to do more, I was like, okay. And it was even recommended. Like it's not going to hurt if you go home. I'm sh they're like, I'm sure you can find a teacher who does like private lessons or something and to start getting some of the foundations um, with 
certain arm extensions and points. So I did do that at that point. I came home and in between tours, I would study because I knew nothing mm-hmm. from ballet. And um, it helped. And then over the years, you know, more and more and more. So um, I, I probably studied for, I would say, two or three years kind of at that adult kind of beginner intermediate to get just, you know, a lot of bar work and foundation and then also going into Pilates and things like that for strengthening, um, especially while I was on tour or like while I was part of the Lady Superstars mm-hmm. um, because it was just so important um, mm-hmm. at that moment. And where on all this uh, journey and spectrum of things, training events, where did your love to fan veils appear? Ah, through superstars, actually, superstars. <laughs> um, I had, I remember, I had worked with Sandvales um, before, before Project Billion for all that. I was in some competition, and I remember I won, and so they're like, here's some prizes. And they're like, oh, you can shop from this vendor. And they had this set of Sandvales, and I was like, that's it, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I want to work with those. Um, and they were even... Two right-handed fans. They weren't even like a perfect pair. I mean, it was, but I just loved them so much. And so I remember I did some work with kind of like Spanish guitar. I think there was like a solo or two or something like that and fan veils and, you know, kind of some fusion, you know, just playing around, getting used to it. Um, and then I think things really switched. I hadn't touched them as much when I was part of Belly Dance Superstars. We had created this club belly dance show where instead of it being the big production where it's like two hours of our like, you know, uh, Mm -hmm. team dancing, the first half was local dancers and the second half was a show of Belly Dance Superstars, but only five to six of us instead of like 13 um, there. And at that time, they had asked me to come, and they said, you get to do a solo. And I knew that for them, you, everybody's solo had something unique to it, mm-hmm. you know? If you think about it, everything had a thing. And so I was like, well, I have to have a thing, <laughs> you know? <laughs> What's my thing? And so I remember, um, actually, it wasn't the first, the first solo. I did something with Vail and, some, you know, something here. And then they said, okay, we're doing a new show. You need a new solo. So I was like, okay, the veil thing wasn't really for me, you know. I'm a, and I had been looking more and more at fan veil work and thinking about it. I was like, look, no one really does fan veil that much in the cast right now, like as a thing. I was like, I want to play with it. And there was always something that just kind of drew me towards it through, you know, the time. Mm-hmm. So that's what kind of started the progression was I was like, okay, I'm going to come up with something new with fan veil basically <laughs> and then um yeah that's where all of that then just started to go but this is kind of a fusion style too it's interesting how we talked about mm-hmm. fusions throughout the mm-hmm. conversation this time and you uh, got inspiration a lot from uh, um, asian dance style that involves mm-hmm. uh, like this prop, like in its own mm-hmm. variation. So how was, when, okay, you decided to do something new. So what was your process? Okay, here I am. I need to do something new with fan veils. Like what's next? What's next? Yeah. So um, at that time I had been watching, I was addicted to YouTube <laughs> and I had just been watching anything with fans. 
Um, and that's before I had started like making the decision, like this is the, the prop I'm going to use. But I had seen that and that kind of got me, you know, pulling in that direction. I also um, have just been drawn to Asian dances from even, um, they'll have in their costumes, they have like the long sleeve that comes down or they'll use the, umbra I say umbrella, but parasol um, a certain way. They have all these different things and there is something about the way their choreography is that really takes me, you know, like mm -hmm. I really love it. So um, yes, I definitely, it's a completely a fusion uh, <laughs> in a thousand ways. And what happened is I was, made the decision, okay, I'm going to do this, you know, I'm going to try this. And so I started just watching and watching. Uh, a lot of Asian, different countries of Asian kind of classical dances. Then also even into some spent like flamenco or um, there's also some fan, fan, anything that has anything that resembles a fan, basically, mm -hmm. you know, <laughs> whether it has a silk tail or not. And I was just watching these things over and over and over and essentially studying in the sense to just say, what do they do different than ballet dancers? Because I did feel that with ballet dancers using fans, we kind of had our set mood, you know, we had our set dictionary, you know, and I was like, but there's got to be something else, you know, there's got to be. So what I did was just watching and observing and observing and observing until I kind of realized that like a big thing that I, you know, kind of, in my style is that I'm not holding the fan only at the handle. And I would say that that dictionary kind of at back then, like, was it now? Like 11 years ago, 12 years ago, mm -hmm. was holding that, you know, and in my too, like I was like, okay, I'm going to flutter, you know, <laughs> and I'm going to hold the handle. So I started um, not so much looking for like, oh, here's this move or here's that thing, but just looking at characteristics that vary between what we were doing I would say as belly dancers when we picked up fan veils versus what all these other styles were doing. Um, and then I, I found that they would work with the whole fan, like the entire fan, but they were very linear with their lines, you know, very straight arms, very straight feet, very straight this. But of course we're belly dancers, we're curvy, you know, we want this kind of flowing. So I was trying to find a way to, to have those two meet basically hmm. into one. And so then that just started the evolution. And by this time of your dance journey, you actually even developed your own uh, till fan method. <laughs> Can you talk about the process of teaching uh, these movements and about this method itself? Yeah, definitely. So um, with it, what uh, happened is I made a solo for Billy Dance Superstars, you know, and it was using the fan kind of in a a way that was new to me um, and I think I think nothing in this world is you know completely new but the way that I would just kind of evolved it like okay this isn't really happening that often in, in belly dance industry and I would have girls kind of coming like can you teach can you teach so um, what my method basically is is I have certain characteristics uh, that I like to keep with the fan certain principles whether you're holding the handle or doing something that would be like a normal fan veil movement or it's something completely, you know, out of that dictionary. Um, like this is how I like to move with the fan. This is what I like to do with it. Um, and so I teach those characteristics as well as some like kind of techniques that people see me often do um, where I'm transitioning my grip on the fan and where 
I'm transitioning or not transitioning there. Um, certain turns or manipulations of the fan, you know, things like that. So the the deal fan method was a way of me teaching basically what I was working with in my solos. And it slowly evolved to, okay, here's kind of the standard intro, you know, like, okay, the bass moves that you see with one fan, the right-handed. And then over the years now, it's progressed to um, one fan, one fan that's even bigger, two fans, you know, the, in the, the, the kind of evolution. And so um, dancers can choose, you know, do where they want to take it, you know, and also do they want to dance with, um, I have a lot of girls who will do like entrance pieces. And they want like a teal, let's say teal fan, you know, my style intro instead of a van. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then I have others that they want to do kind of fusion. They'll do Western music and they'll dance with the two fans the whole time. Um, so it just gives them a place to learn techniques. And then when I'm teaching choreographies, I try to always change it too. So it's not always like a Western song or always, you know, uh, something we would hear in belly dance, you know, so they can kind of see the variety that they can get from there. Mm -hmm. And in terms of teaching, you also do a bunch of online stuff, online Zoom classes mm -hmm. and even courses, and you have a website with uh, quite a few different courses. I think you, you call it like uh, almost like 50 courses. What do you mean yeah. by courses so people understand mm -hmm. and uh, how they can tap into it? <laughs> yeah, definitely. So um, everything is at studio.victoriateal.com. And what I have there was... Um, like you, I've been working on online for a while. And so for me, the courses, we have like recorded ones. And then we have recently introduced kind of ones that have a live and recorded element to it. So the course is usually three to four videos and or a class, depending. And it covers some type of topic. That way people can, whether it's like a certain kind of drills or a certain like introduction to my fan style, um, they can take that, they can rewatch it and just kind of focus on a theme, basically, um, instead of having like a very long list of, you know, I like them to really get good at, you know, a few, few things in a few videos. Um, and then, like I said, so I have those recorded and then I also um, last... In January, actually, I kind of opened my teal fan school. And so this is something online where people were, people can take the live element. It's a Zoom class for like an hour, a few Saturdays. And then they also get the recording so they can watch and replay and they get some extra materials to study afterwards. Um, and so this is a way that gives them a little more in-depth than they would necessarily get in a workshop setting. Um, because time flies so fast in workshops um, and they can use it to study and we have um, single fan, double fan, like beginner level, intermediate, you know, it's really diving into that because I have some people who want to just kind of dabble in it and, and see and maybe incorporate a move here or there and then of course there's um, dancers who want to really get into all the choreographies and really make it part of their um, style. Mm -hmm. 
I'm also curious to ask, uh, since we start talking about studying and teaching, etc., but I want to ask about your personal studying process right now. Because uh, yeah. when we are growing, like when we start only start ballet dancing, we go to studio, then we have, like in your case, you had a great push through reality TV program, the ballet and superstars probably really pushed you forward in your dance progress and dance training. But at some point comes a time that you kind of sort of on your own as your own teacher mm -hmm. uh, and it doesn't mean that you don't attend classes of other people but it's more mature choices of okay how exactly I now I need to grow and evolve and what to do so what was that um, teacher solution for yourself as a student that you made mm -hmm. and I'm talking about like recent years like or maybe even right now currently what are you making and how mm -hmm. your training looks right right now mm -hmm. right now yeah so um i do not like the fact that covid happened because anything you know that harms anybody is not good but i am very happy that people went online in our industry because i was like i'm taking classes finally you know i can you know get access to all these dancers that my path may or may not cross um there are some te teachers particularly that i have been trying and trying and trying and i always had something out you know at that time So um, I would say in the recent years, I've actually been able to take classes online with a lot of these uh, dancers that I admire. And it's nice just to push into moving a different way than you do. You know, um, I think this is the best thing that can happen for dancers. It helps them develop their own voice in a sense. Um, if you're constantly moving from different, different, different styles everywhere, you kind of find where you fit is my personal um, idea on it. But so I do do that. I've been trying to do more, you know, on online things and I change up the teachers pretty constantly. And then for personal training or like for my own, um, I, I still use the same method I used when I started because again, I came from like, we didn't, we, I had that teacher for like a year and a half and then she moved away. And so there's nothing, <laughs> you know? And so it was like, okay. And the closest, Thing was maybe two hours away by car and so it was I couldn't do that you know often so I still use the same principle of I I have a minimum number of times that I like to get into the studio and make sure I'm training and dancing whether I'm working on a choreo whether I'm drilling you know improvising whatever it is and for me I I just use the same principles of I can feel when something's weak or I watch my videos And I'm like, yeah, that arm is not good, or I'm always messing up this. Or now I know because I used a right-handed fan for so long, the left side of my body is a little imbalanced from, because of how it is. So by having the two fans, it helps me rebalance my body and doing also training to try to rebalance as well. So I just try to be as like self-aware as possible, um, and I try to treat myself as I do the girls who I coach and mentor, if that makes sense, mm -hmm. you know, of, okay, what do I do with them? They have to turn in videos. We sit down and we do notes and they've got to train that. So that's my expectation of myself basically. Um, and then of course, mixing in these uh, opportunities online to study with dancers from all over uh, recently. So using oh. the, uh -huh. go ahead. And also cross-training. That's super important, I think. I, so I do do weightlifting, but that's because um, I tell all my girls, 
I'm hyper flexible. And so I need to do strength training to keep my joints healthy. And then it's the opposite for other people. Like if they're a little bit strong, but not as flexible, doing a lot of uh, stretching and things like that is going to keep their dance, keep their body healthy through all the dancing. Mm -hmm. So for self uh, coaching method, you're using a video recording, right? You video record yourself and analyze your videos. Definitely. Um, and I also try to sense also, like, let's say you were doing drills or something. If I'm shimmying a bunch and I feel like I'm always exhausted on this leg where I can't hold it this long or, you know, you have these internal struggles, the physical struggles, those then tells it, it basically tells myself like you need to drill that more basically. Like that needs to mm -hmm. be strengthened. Mm -hmm. And with your, in your work with teachers, you mentioned that you also uh, change teachers quite frequently. But mm -hmm. are you talking about taking individual classes or enrolling in their courses? Like, what, what is your choice of training? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What I prefer to do is um, group, group classes. And then if I have some material and say we learn a choreography or we're doing certain things, Um, sometimes what I like to do is work on that and then um, then have a private lesson or something like that and say, okay, look at me doing this thing from the course and also look at me just doing my thing. What do you see? That's always my favorite thing. I don't know if they love it, but I love it. <laughs> I'm like, what do you see that needs to be changed um, or like that you would change or that um, because that just gives you that fresh perspective, you know. Um, And to, to hear constant feedback, I think it's a really good way to keep growing and evolving as a dancer. Mm, yeah, so true. And it's a great also trick uh, because I feel that many um, dancers, they are a little bit afraid or tense of uh, taking too much of private classes because of financial reasons. Mm -hmm. Oh, I can't afford. But here, it's, uh, you're given a really good, good recipe, like, okay, we can join a group mm -hmm. classes or maybe like courses or whatever is way more affordable work on your own and then once you get like sort of maximum squeeze the maximum out of yourself then show it for a teacher so he can squeeze a little bit more <laughs> yeah from there it's what i recommend to all my students if, if they feel comfortable I, i know some people have a learning method where they need to be in the class and they need to be with the person you know um but i would say if you feel pretty strong with any sense of like online learning or training on your own It's a really good recipe to get so much uh, growth, basically, without, like you said, the financial resource of, uh, you know, private lessons every week or something. Mm -hmm. uh, how comfortable are you with your students taking classes with different teachers? I love it. I can do that easy. <laughs> I love it. Um, I, I think that it's crucial, you know, if they end up dancing with me only, Their one, their voice won't be developed like as them as a dancer. And I think a lot of us get into dance, not even knowing that that's something that's really fulfilling, you know, when mm -hmm. you can dance like how you like to. Um, and, and I think it's extremely important for that. And it's also extremely important for them to get exposure to new things. Like I would have never, like if I, let's say I had my same teacher or whatever, you know, if I didn't go and study with other people or go to festivals or go to these things, I wouldn't know what's even an option in belly dance. You know, you know how some girls will, or guys, girls and guys, they'll start maybe in uh, fusion or something because that's their local teacher. 
and then they slowly shift to something else. Mm-hmm. And it's usually because they got to see it. They got to, oh, I like that, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and I think that's really important. We're all, I think, in dance to enjoy ourselves and have fun and have an outlet. And so if maybe you join something because that's what was there, um, but the only way to kind of grow and evolve is, I think, study, 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 and with many people. And find your people that work for you. Mm-hmm. Have you ever worked with students that students that came to you and said, like, oh, I really want to study with you, but please don't mention it anywhere publicly because I have another teacher who really against uh, or jealous of me going and taking classes with someone else? Um, I, I know of it. I've had it mentioned to me as well before. Some of it, I think, deals with different dance cultures, of course, um, and also some of it deals with just different teachers, you know, and personalities. So um, if that's the case, it's fine by me. You know, it's whatever the student needs. Yeah. Uh, what uh, excites you right now to learn or dive into further for you personally as a dancer? Mm-hmm. Me personally as a dancer. Oh, okay, so recently, okay, this is going to be a little scattered. <laughs> I'll try to make it. Go ahead, no problem. <laughs> so, so I kind of, um, it's, it's not all in one direction. Like, I always have this draw towards doing something a little more, let's say, traditional or folkloric. It's not my, like, main thing, for sure. It's not, like, I don't think anybody would go, oh, yeah, Victoria is this. <laughs> it's not in any way. Um, but I have an amazing mentor, Fatin, who um, she directed the national troupe in Egypt in the back with, in a while back with her husband. And she's in the U.S., and I got to connect with her in Washington, D.C. when I lived there. And so she knows everything that there is to know about uh, Egyptian folklore. And um, so I like to, there's something about the earthiness of all those dance styles. So I like to work with her to study, to try to, like, come up with, you know, my version of whatever and have her look at it and, and work with me because, um, and so that that will get me, like, kind of going. I like touching base with that with her. Um, just to have my body again move differently. And then, and also it's education. I think it's good to be learning these things, you know, over time. I, I didn't have the luxury to have that opportunity early on in um, my dance life. And so now I'm trying to, like, take it all, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, in the second end. And then um, I would say that the other two there's always something with fans. I'm always kind of like, what's next? What's the new size or the new length? Or is there two? Is there one? Is there three? Is it this style of music? Am I doing this with my costume? Or, you know, um, I think there's something about fans to me feels like an endless uh, library, basically, of options. If I just keep kind of pushing myself to what else can I do? What else can I do? Um so fan is always in there and gets me excited. And then I've been trying to play more with recently, and this has been my big like thing. I think somehow, I'm not really, it wasn't intentional, I started to pick up this kind of fusion dance style, I would say. You know, like I wasn't, you know, I, I was started out kind of more in the Mejante and this, and I picked up some folklore. And then I somehow, with fan, I, even without the fan, the music I would drill to with Western music, the things I like, or Spanish music I love and Brazilian music I love, you know, like 
um, I've been into, I've been studying Greek, so I've been really into that as well. And I noticed I've kind of, my dance has changed a little bit as I changed the music. Um, and what I noticed is the way I dance with like, let's say a Toxim or a Mejance, it's very different than how I just let myself dance to Western music. If that makes mm. It's kind of improv and flow. And there's things that I really like about those improvisations and flow, and I'm working on how to blend those two, basically. Like, how can I move like that, like me, you know, and what I really like in these certain kind of weird things and fluidity stuff into Toxine and Mejance, and, you know, this, of course, keeping with anything cultural, but bringing that flavor there. Um, so I've been trying to, it's very difficult. <laughs> I, I didn't know how much I'm, changed based on the music you know, yeah. style. But um, yeah, that's something I'm really working on these days and um, gonna get there. One day you'll see me dancing some, you know, normal style of belly dance music with my style <laughs> <laughs> on it. Well, who knows, maybe before that we will see you actually dancing tribal to a full, like, you know, <laughs> to that song, <laughs> the very first song. You <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> they got mm-hmm. poked you, but now in the style, who yeah. knows? <laughs> no, but yeah, you know exactly. what reminded me right now? There is expression that um, uh, as many languages you speak, as many personalities you have, mm. Mm-hmm. As as if like oh every new language brings you something different in your personality. I yes. want to transform it as many dance styles you know and dance as many personalities you have. It really yeah. I I think that could be the case for a lot of people. Mm. So. <laughs> well, excited to see your new dance experiments. Definitely, that will mm-hmm. be very exciting. Mm-hmm. Maybe tribal Spanish fusion with fan veils. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> to a tarot song <laughs> or whatever yeah. can be. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> that's really exciting to see what's coming up. But I also want to ask uh, regarding current events. So, where our fall mm-hmm. our listeners can find more information about. What is going on right now? What is happening with your classes? Where they can find more information, maybe to join your online classes or recorded courses? And maybe there are any, you know, events or announcements that you want to share for the nearest upcoming future? <laughs> yeah, definitely. So um, the best place to get like information what's going on in my world is, of course, Instagram. Um, and so just Victoria Teal, you can find it there. Um, That's the best to get kind of up-to-date stuff with all the links and everything. Um, So they will find classes there. And then we're going into kind of a chill time in the summer. I feel like, you know, things that can be kind of, you know, chill in the dance world. Everyone's doing their, you know, vacations and things like that. But um, in October, I will be having a new session of my Teal Fan School. Um, and we're gonna, you know, do all kinds of things like that. And also I will be having a, a Spanish version, uh, live version of all of my teal fan, uh, intro and all of this. So, um, I've gotten lots of requests of, you know, can, can you do this in Spanish? <laughs> so if you're listening and you, you are interested in that, you can always reach out to me on Instagram and I'll make sure to collect your information and we'll let you guys know. Um, once all the details are out for either the regular session or the Spanish session. Oh, wow, that's exciting, uh, like uh, mm-hmm. broadening the dance styles and uh, different languages too. <laughs> that's mm-hmm. great. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, I definitely will add links to your social media in the show notes to the podcast, as well as uh, your website links. So all our listeners, you know, you can easily find info and connect with our guests, amazing guests uh, there. And uh, before I ask you our final traditional question, I also want to thank you for this time and for the amazing stories that you shared from your dance journey and the wisdom of your dance growth and evolution that I'm pretty sure many of listeners can relate, get inspired and maybe use it to push themselves to the next level and next exploration of getting out of the usual box. <laughs> yeah, it's beautiful. It's so nice to talk with you. So. Well, and I'm pretty sure you kind of know what's coming up uh, because we have one traditional question which I love asking all our guests regardless of what we talked about. And the question is, what makes you fall in love with belly dance again and again so you keep doing it for so many years? Mm -hmm. So for me, it's making like a piece. Like, uh, like a, uh, that's always been my thing. We talked to you kind of how choreography was my thing in the beginning too. I am like a showgirl in the sense of I want to, I make a lot of the costumes. I want the costume and the music and the choreography to all create a, a vision essentially, like some kind of theme or something, and also to evolve myself in some way every single time I do something. So that I know that every time I'm doing that it's just like an addiction you know it just makes me I'm like yes this is whether this is my career or not my career you know or I'm 90 and I never see a stage again this this is the thing that makes me and even during COVID the way I worked around that was by making video pieces or working on choreography still I was like the only thing that's different is not on stage that's the only thing so um and I don't I, I try not to make I try to make sure that my love of belly dance is not based around, you know, only needing that element to keep going. So um yeah. Definitely kind of creating these I don't even know what you would call that, you know, <laughs> like just a piece as a unit and all the elements around it really just make me fall in love and I love it every time. That's it for today, guys. But before you go away, don't forget to screenshot this episode and share it with your friends. And if you post it on social media, please tag me and our guest because we love seeing who is listening to the podcast. Thanks for being with us and I'll see you next week. Same time, same place. This episode was brought to you by the Yana Dance Club, a meeting place for committed dance enthusiasts of all levels. Most of our members shared that the club helped them to improve consistency in their training, meet new dance friends, and discover various topics through hundreds of different tutorials. This is definitely a belly dance training that becomes a lifestyle. Learn more at yanadanceclub.com, link in the show notes, or simply visit yanadanceclub.com and try for 7 days for free.